Aaron Rodgers emerges from the dark room. Three days and nights at the Sky Cave Retreats in Southern Oregon. Now, the nearest town is Ashland, Oregon, which is about 45 minutes away. 45 minutes from Medford. Middle of nowhere, basically. A little private road surrounded by trees and plenty of nature. Rogers was in a 300-square-foot room, partially underground, devoid of light, had a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation-like mat. You have lights that can be turned on from the inside of the room. But remember, this was a darkness retreat where you are suspended in timeless space. And all that remains is a simple and pure desire for connection. Because of that, we begin to lean into a profound, intimate, relating state with whatever is present. So here's the process. You check in for a few hours before sunset. There's a one-hour orientation, which you will walk the land, get situated, review the meal plan, and you'll have the remainder of the day to settle into the space. Get orientated and familiar with the cabin and enjoy the surrounding elements, encouraging you to schedule a full day to unplug, slow down, and drop into your rhythm before going into the dark. Yes. The Sky Cave Retreats. This is what Sky Cave Retreats says on their website. We will show you how to do the final blacking out of the bottom of the door so you can enter the dark when you are ready. With the exception going to tend to your material needs once a day from the outside, your room, you will be totally undisturbed in the darkness until the end of your retreat. Included in your dark retreat is two organic meals delivered to you once a day. We bring both these meals around sunset through a double door. There is pure and filtered mountain water on tap. Our dark retreat cottages do an amazing job at both retaining heat and providing insulation, thus moderating temperatures. In the heat of the summer, the space remains moderately cool. And in the cold of the winter, the space never gets very cold, which it is now. The cabin is equipped with a flushing toilet, a sink, and a hot bath. It's time for darkness. Three days, three nights. And yesterday, Aaron Rodgers reappeared! Now my love has gained its fame, yeah. I'm waiting to hear back from the people at the Sky Cave Retreats because I'm very curious about this. So when I thought about this, I go, who of my friends slash colleagues slash regular guests could really I tap into that can maybe give me some insight that really knows about darkness or knows about, you know, the woods and just being isolated? And who came to mind? None other than 
Trevor Maddich, of course! The Prince of Darkness! My friend, what is going on? Oh, um, <laughs> um, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. I, 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 I've been in the darkness all day today. I got sunburned, but it's been dark. <laughs> See, perfect. I mean, this. I did perfect recon here. Did I select the right guy to talk about this subject or what? Well, I, I, I listen. I, I enjoy darkness. I also enjoy a light switch where I can feel over there on the wall and turn it on if I need to, <laughs> which is kind of like what this place is. But I tell you what, though, uh, I, I, I can sort of relate to the importance of shutting off mm-hmm. all the stuff that bombards us on a day-to-day basis. So I, I've never done a retreat like this, but I love to get out in a way. And into nature, and so I, I'm. I'm. I don't know that I'm perfect, but uh, I think that I can relate a little bit. Well, you're the best shot that I got. I mean, that's it. Because you know, I, I know that you love. Uh, you know, the woods around. I mean, heck, you went to school in Provo, Utah. I mean, that's there's some wilderness. You know, out there, you travel the United States. Uh, I know you've been up to Southern Oregon. You've been up to Pac-12 country up there in the Northwest. I, I get that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. When you first of all that you hear about that Rogers or anybody just wants to go through this, are you thinking, okay, especially it's Aaron Rodgers, is this more of a PR thing or is he like really, you know, trying to find himself, looking for a little more attention or is he just, you know, that much of a whack job that, uh, you know, he's into this? You know, I think it's the latter more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, I think the word whack job uh, would would maybe we could replace with right. a, a very unique individual. Who, sure, who if we're nice, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but the thing is, you know, finding himself. My goodness, I hope he's not finding himself. He's a grown man. You know, I don't hope he's not trying to find himself. But to kind of reset from all the bombardment, I I get that part of it. I don't know that you need to sit in the dark for three or four days to figure out that you're going to be paid almost $60 million if you play in 2023. And gee, I need to decide if I really want to do that. Uh, Do it for the sake of your great, great grandchildren, you know, and worry about resetting after that, you know, once you're done. So I don't know that he needed to really decide if he wants to play. I know it's not all about money. He's got all the money he needs, but at the same time, almost $60 million. Fifty nine to be exact, exactly. You talk about great great grandchildren. This guy, he's he's not fathering any children, so there's not, probably not going to be any great great grandchildren. Not going to be a child. Uh, well, how do adopt you and I? We'll be we'll be as a top adopted twin sons if he plays this year. And look, here's the thing: he puts us in the will. I know exactly where he lives. It's Green Bay. I mean, where he lives you know, during the course of the uh, the season, and he's got a nice place, you know, in San Diego. Uh, he doesn't get up to, to Chico, which isn't, you know, up Northern California very much where he was born and raised. But anyway, it's like he's in Green Bay, man. I mean, he's not bombarded. He's not New York City. He's not dealing with all that heavy duty stuff. I mean, he's, he, he doesn't engage with a lot of the stuff. So that's why I think a lot of it is just like, okay, you know, what is this? Okay. And again, if you're the Green Bay Packers from a football side, Mark Murphy, the president of the Green Bay Packers, you know what he's doing right now, Trev? He said, Here's the quote, and I'm going to paraphrase. We're waiting for Aaron to decide what he wants to do. You own the rights to him for one more year, okay? He's under contract with you, but what do you need to wait for him to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to come back like he did last year at the 11th hour, or 
Oh, wait for him to say, you know, I don't want to play with you anymore. Trade me, please. Okay, now then they can still say no. Or they can say, okay, fine. I mean, have you ever heard of anything like this? This is weird that you're under contract. You're not a free agent. You know, you're, it's the Packers hold all the cards here, but you're waiting for your quarterback to tell you what he wants to do, and you're going to let him go sit in the dark for three days? I mean, come on. Yeah, th- this part of it bothers me, TC, because no nobody owns Aaron Rodgers or any football player. They, they own your contract rights, right? but you don't own the man. And so you can't force them to play. And so I, I get that part of it. So Rodgers has to do what he feels is best for himself and, and his wife and, and all the rest of it. I, I get that part. But there's more to it than that because football isn't golf. This is a team sport. And the longer he waits, the, the longer his team is in limbo. I mean, Devontae Adams is wearing silver and black right now, in part because he got tired of waiting around for Aaron Rodgers to decide what he was going to do last year. He said, look, I got to get my money, and there it is, and, and I'm gone. And that, I'm, I believe that that's part of the reason he left. Right now, the Packers need to know if they need to trade him or if he's just going to retire, then they need to move on. Are they going to draft the quarterback? What are they going to do? There's all kinds of things that go into it that affect everybody else on that team and all kinds of dominoes. And I hope while he was sitting there in the dark, he was thinking not just about his beard and how fast it might be growing and, gee, how long it might be once he gets out if he hasn't looked in the mirror yet for four days. I hope he's also thinking about the teammates that are counting on him to make a decision, yes or no, so we can move on. Because everybody in that organization has figuratively been sitting in the dark waiting for him to come out of his case. Wait, and you speak, uh, again, uh, of yourself there with the beard. I mean, letting the beard grow. What's the latest? Is Trevor Madge still have the beard that we last saw you with at the end of college football season? Yeah, I do. I actually let it grow kind of long. (laughs) I haven't haven't cut it since the end of the broadcast season. And then I asked my wife, I said, look, you're the owner-operator of this thing. Do you want to... uh, well, I'm going to shave it off or keep it. She says, no, just go back and trim it shorter like you had it before. So She owns oh, hey, that beard. Yeah. She owns well, that contract it, and that beard. It covers half my face. So I think that's <laughs> addition by subtraction when it comes to that. And then so, I don't know, if I were in that place, though, I, I, I wouldn't want to look in the mirror at myself. Although it's weird, though, because there's a, there's a bathroom. Hmm. you got to turn on the light to go to the bathroom. Otherwise, you're sort of fumbling around. Right. And just imagine what that's like. No. you got to use your hands to kind of find where it is and get yourself centered and then figure out a that whole process without being able to see would be a little bit awkward. And plus, I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Right. What, what was the experience like? What did he do? Because you could stay in the dark the whole time if you want. Or you could sit under a mirror ball and watch Saturday Night Fever on your phone with the lights on in there. Right. You can get out That's and take a saying. walk at high noon. Yeah, the light switch want. could be on. We don't know. I mean, we don't know right. that he adhered to all this darkness. And it sounded like, you know, he only stayed less than three days anyway. It didn't, you know, cause at first it was like, you're going to be like at least four days, but you know, it sounds like he got out of there, you know, yesterday. But yeah, who knows? That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's just a, an extended getaway. And did he have company? You know, was it date night? Oh, that's a was good he point. by himself? Yeah. This is, I want to know. So I, I hope to, to goodness that uh, the people from the Sky Cave retreats get back with me because I, I want to interview these people. Well, 
Yeah, that'd be nice. I'd like see. I'd like to know what Aaron says. And it's not like if he didn't stay in the dark the whole time. Time he wasted his time. It's nothing like that. But I'm curious to see what what it was like. How long was it dark? How did he cope with it? Because you got to you got to think about. I mean, if he stayed in the dark for for three or four full twenty four hour periods, I think the Geneva Convention classifies that as torture. <laughs> so you know, so so how do you come out of that from a mental state? I mean, what what you know, what kind of of introspection and what kind of new personal revelation comes to you in a situation like that. Assuming that you didn't sit under the mirror ball and watch Saturday Night Fever on your phone. You know, so so what did he do? I really want to know what he did. I'm really curious about this because think of this, TC. Have you ever forgotten your phone and driven away? No. Right? You you, you drive away, you realize you forgot your phone, you, you're in the middle of civilization. All these different things you can do, all the things that were normal to do prior to the iPhone coming out not that long ago, but you forget your phone, most people would panic. I need my phone with me right now. Right, right. For all the access. And even if you don't have, if you're not looking at it, to have it with you that you can look at it at any moment is like an addiction. And if he went into that place and left his phone outside and it was all dark, and he didn't have it. You, you can't, you know, turn on Netflix and, and you don't do all the things that you can do that are instant stimulation. You know, I mean, you see these three-year-olds that have iPads and, you know, the parents are, are eating at a restaurant and the three-year-olds playing on the iPad, just all this stimulation. You have none of that. What was that like? Because the truth of it is, I don't think, TC, that I would have the courage to actually do that for four days. I agree. I think I, I would. No, I agree. I'd, I'd be tortured and that's why i question whether you know this was partially a hoax or whatever you want to say or just a a, a little getaway are you really going to adhere uh to all that i don't know that's i'm very very curious uh about that myself trevor madge joins us although this place has an 18 month waiting list there's hundreds of people on the waiting list right now so it's an actual thing and what better i hope they're paying Rogers a whole lot of money for all the attention that they're getting now because that waiting list is probably going to double. But but I, for the sake of everybody associated with your broadcast organization, TC, and the sake of the city of Las Vegas and sports fans in, in the region, I think that on your next vacation, instead of going to the beach, you need to go to this place, sit in the dark for real for four days, then come back out and report. I challenge you. Can't do it. Can't do it. I, I, I don't know if I could last four hours, Trev. I don't know if I can last four hours. It sounds like it's pretty comfy. I mean, he had a 300-square-foot room. He had a queen-size bed. He had a meditation mat. This is what I want to know, because I imagine it's pretty expensive. This is what I've heard. I've read some of the reviews, and some people are like, oh, what a money grab this is. What a sham, this and that. And if you look at the the, the proprietors of this place, it, they look like straight out of, uh, I don't know, Duck Dynasty or somewhere like that. It looked like they haven't bathed in, in a month. I have no idea, but you would think, I want to know, is it are they really roughing it in this little cabin, or is it kind of luxury in there? That's what I want to know. I mean, it looks like... I think the torture would be mental. I don't think yeah. you have to sleep on broken glass. In order to get the the effect of it, I, I think the whole thing is you don't have that stimulation. And where does that take you? There's a show, I can't remember what channel it's on, but it's called Alone. And it's a survival show where people are dropped off in the Alaskan and Yukon and northern Canada wilderness where an individual is dropped off. They're survival experts. And it's not like, you know, naked and afraid where there's other people around and you got a camera crew and stuff like that. No, you're dropped off alone. They They have batteries. They they film their own stuff 
and they are in actual, honest-to-goodness, dangerous solitude. They have a radio they can call to be exfilled if they need to. And a lot of times what they talk about when you read the after-action reports is that everything goes primal on them. There's no stimulation besides the environment, but if they're not in tune with the environment, they might die. Right. And their sense of smell becomes hyper. Their sense of hearing becomes hyper, right? And and just to, to hear those experiences, what would that be like? If any of us could pay the price to find out what that's like, but I don't think any of us really want to. But this reminds me of that show, except you don't have light either. You're just in the dark. Being comfortable physically, uh, yeah, I, I, that's neither here nor there, man. It's 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 staring in the dark, and you're alone with yourself. And who is more terrifying to any of us than our authentic selves that we have to actually confront? That's yeah. terrifying. Uh, yeah, uh, I might be terrified to go outside, you know, with the bears in this wilderness or whatever. But you know, I, I'm li- looking at a picture of the room, and it, it looks like a nice hotel room. It looks like there's even a jacuzzi in there, Trevor. So I don't know. It's uh, I don't I don't know about this. But let me ask you this: yeah, well, when you when you decided to retire, you were contemplating retirement. What was your process? Anything like this? My process? No. Well, sort of. My process was very spiritual, actually, because okay. I played 12 years in the NFL. And this my, is a very spiritual community, there. too, up there where this is at. Let's say that. The very spiritual community. So go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know from firsthand experience, but my understanding is that peyote is, is available and plentiful up there. And so I, I can imagine that also helps. Uh, I, although <laughs> I think, I think Rogers went to Peru for a similar experience to that, okay. but as far as, uh, but, but for me, you know, I played 12 years, I, my contract was up with Washington. Um, you know, I had had a couple of surgeries to kind of get myself fixed with injuries that I played with that last season that were very painful, but I, I was fine. I was fixed. And I got an offer from Fox to step out of the NFL and, and broadcast for them. And, and I'm like, oh man. Right? How do you how do you say no to that when the door's open? But then again, Washington came back and offered me a one year, essentially guaranteed contract to play another year with them. And how do you turn that down? Right. So here I am with the best of all possible career dilemmas. Right. And uh, and I prayed a lot about it and uh, and meditated a lot on it and um, and and was conflicted the night before Fox was going to announce that I was joining their broadcasting and. Uh, and so I started writing an email, um, and it was like 15 email pages long. It was a really long email. And it ended up flowing out of me all the reasons why it was right to leave the NFL and go into TV, that it was time for me to leave the NFL. And the last sentence I wrote to my friend was, you know what? I prayed that I would have confirmation that this is the right decision, and I just wrote this. Is that an answer? Question mark. Right? And yeah. so... You know, so I left the NFL and, and I never really thought about what if after that, you know, I, I feel like I was led to move on to the next stage and who knows, maybe that 13th year would have been the one that I would have had a catastrophic injury. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll ask God down the road, hopefully way down the road. Hey, how come you, you led me to leave, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure he'll tell me at that point, but, uh, but that was my process to, to leave it. It was. It was a very spiritual thing, but it did not involve any darkness. Right. And then uh, that retirement led to f- 15 Emmy Award uh, and counting uh, with our good friend Trevor Maddich. There you go, my friend. All right. Let's transition into this. Uh, I don't know if you watch any of the XFL, but it was opening weekend last week. And in case you missed anything, Trevor, 
Here's what you missed. Coaches, players mic'd up three-point PATs, goofy kickoffs, goofy rules. What do you make of this? Love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it, including a lot of the goofy rules and including the goofy kickoff, by the way. I mean, you, 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 you can have a one-point conversion, you run a play in a two-yard line. Two-point conversion, you run it on the five. Three-point conversion, you run it on the ten. And look at what happened between the Battle Hawks and the Brahmas. Right? With less than two minutes to go, Battle Hawks are down 15 to three. They take it down to score a touchdown and get a three point conversion. So now they're down 15 to 12. If they can get the ball back on the ensuing kickoff, quote unquote, they need a touchdown to win it, but a field goal to go to overtime. So all of a sudden it changes the dynamic of what the defense has to do, makes it more exciting. But it's not an onside kick that they do. They have the option to go fourth and 15 on their own 25 yard line. And so they did it. They got it. They drove it down, scored the winning touchdown. And it was just phenomenal. Whereas the NFL or college, you know, it would have been, it would have been a different game because, you know, you, you have to get two touchdowns instead of possibly a touchdown and a field goal. That's exciting. I think miking up the, the players and the coaches and the coordinators is fantastic. For football fans, I mean, because it takes you inside, it gives you access that you can't get really any other way. And NFL coaches, I just can't imagine them allowing themselves, especially the coordinators, to be mic'd up because everybody's hearing what the calls are. Then you see on tape what the play is, you know, and they would be totally paranoid about that. But for fans, it's great. You know, and then they put the, I believe, the total and the line uh, on on the bug, so you can see what's going on and how things relate to that. If that sort of thing interests you, I think there's all kinds of reasons why this is this is interesting. It's fun. It's different and dynamic, especially at the end of games, and it is uh, it, it's fresh. I think the NFL really should adopt some of these new rules. Truthfully, oh boy, look at it. Trevor Madge is a proponent of of all this stuff. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I just, well, his jobs I, too. We, right? we like our football. I, I want people to have jobs. I understand that. I understand that. We like our football the way we like our football. I just think again the spring stuff, everything else, and as far as being mic'd up. I mean, the fans don't know what the heck they, these guys are saying. They don't understand, you know, X, Y, Turtle, Daffy Duck. They don't know what any of that stuff means. So, I mean. They, well, Daffy Duck's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Daffy Duck's a problem. Because this is broadcast by ESPN, who's owned by Disney. Right. It should be Donald Duck. There you Someone go. Someone needs to call down there and get that thing squared away. There it is, my friend. All right. Uh, Thursday night football. It's back. Oh, it's the XFL. That's right. Tonight. Now they're giving it to us on Thursday, on Saturday, and Sunday. I don't know. Trevor, we're going to no, leave you. Yeah, just real quick, DC, though. Yeah. The action on Tuesday and Wednesday nights in, in November, right? Yeah. You got Kent State playing against Bowling Green, <laughs> and it draws a big number. People love their football. They do, man. Well, we're going to take you out of the darkness and into the white room. That's how we're leaving you, Trevor Match. What do you think of that? You like a little cream? Oh, man, you talk about peyote. <laughs> there, there's there's some serious peyote action going on with everything Cream did. Yeah. Brother, I appreciate you. We'll let you uh, get back to the white room. Just, uh, I don't know if you can still fold your legs Indian style when you, you know, get on that uh, yoga mat, but uh, good luck to you, my man. No, I have a yoga easy chair. That works for me. <laughs> there you go, brother. Appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Thanks, DC. Uh, my man, Trevor Banich. Oh, yeah. ESPN's very own. Enjoying a little XFL. 
No meditation for him. Uh-uh. <laughs>